Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another Super Baby Bowl edition of the uh, Baby Bowl podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Loafing It Over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow that show at FI Today with a little underscore. As you can tell, it, by the tone of my voice, I am really, really excited today. One, because of our guests. I, I love the guests that we're going to have on today. Two, because uh, Rob, the daddy of the Baby Bowl, is actually not here. So I kind of feel like I've been a, a, I'm a kid left in the house all alone. And what I did was I invited my friend over, longtime friend, contributing partner to the Fantasy Impact Today Network. It is Pierre, Pierre Wilson, at Peewee31 over on Twitter. Pierre, we are in Rob's house right now running around. Acting crazy. <laughs> we are. I think that's like the best introduction you've given me in our years of working together. So maybe I should have shown up here sooner. Oh, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Hey, Pierre and I do the DFS Dreamer podcast, and each and every week we bring that to you. We've got contests and stuff like that over there. It's the end of that one, and, and, and we usually put a little conglomeration together anyway between the Baby Bowl DFS Dreamer podcast and whatever host else we had on during the Super Bowl, during our super extravaganza week. And and today I have been so fortunate, Pierre. We we are, we are so lucky to have a guy on who is just tearing it up over at CBS. He is the host over there uh, for CBS on the Fantasy Football Today DFS show. Uh, co-host is Mike. They they do a great job each and every week bringing episodes. I, I've learned so much from listening to you. Seeing the Jod at Seeing the Jod over on Twitter. We got to get this guy way up there on Twitter followers as well. He he does a fantastic job. Welcome to the show, Sia. First, so many things to respond to here. First of all, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, and, and yes, I welcome as many Twitter followers as I can, as I was sort of late to the Twitter game. I've only really been active on it for a few years. So I appreciate you um, kind of endorsing that. But I got to tell you, Wes, I have to match your energy here. I can't be low energy. And, and, and I, you know, you, you just came out, and Pierre, I think, alluded to it. You just came out with some gusto that I think we're just going to have to channel the rest of this episode. I love it. I'm all about energy. Let's go. Well, I'm, I'm about 10 Mountain Dews in right now, so that, that's <laughs> one of the reasons why. But, but also, see, it's because I have you on, and I listen to you, I, I want to say, each and every week. But I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. The most important shows I've listened to, and, and my favorite episodes, and I, I love what you and Mike do, but we're over the summertime. When mm-hmm. you were interviewing all these different DFS players from all over the place, and you were getting great names in from all over, and they were talking strategy, and see, that was awesome, man. The summertime thing, if you're not subscribed over to the DFS podcast on, is it Fantasy Football? I don't, I don't know how to say that all right. See, I'm going to let you know. No, you all said, you actually said it right the first time, Fantasy Football Today DFS. So it's its own podcast, but when mm-hmm. we air it on the, the YouTube channel, it's, it's a part of the Fantasy Football Today network on YouTube, but it has its own podcast. Okay. And he does a lot of stuff over there on Sportsline, too. At Sportsline HQ, I think it's Sportsline HQ. Is that it? Is, is that how I say it? Yeah. You know, it's th- these are such good questions. Like, I feel like <laughs> CBS needs to, like, streamline a little bit better because there's just so many kind of outlets. But, yeah, it's Sportsline. So you said that right the first time as well. So CBS Sports HQ is kind of its own separate division. And a lot of the Sportsline guys, they, they do things with CBS Sports HQ. But in terms of the site and, and the, the subscription site and, and things of that nature and the early edge of the show that I do with yeah. all of those people, Jonathan Coachman, Mike McClure, you name it, that that is all powered by – we call it the early edge, but it's all powered by Sportsline. 
Yeah, I, I'll be. I, it is a little confusing. Maybe streamlining would be a little bit better because sometimes I'm like, okay, was this the Sports HQ? Is this the? But you guys do a great job. I I am impressed that CBS just continues to grow all that over there. And you can you can sign up actually for Sportsline. They you guys have got some great deals over there right now too, Sia, where you can get seventy five to eighty percent off of just whatever subscription you want and uh, tons of great information, prop bets galore, all those things heading into Super Bowl weekend. So Sia, it is our pleasure to have you on here, Pierre. I, I know that you are excited too because you were a participant in the baby bowl playoffs mm-hmm. which were going on here just a little while ago and of course rob is the daddy of the baby bowl it's actually his wife's birthday i don't know if i'm letting the cat out of the bag on that it's his <laughs> wife's birthday so instead of being in the doghouse he is with his wife this evening and that's what he is doing so uh, happy birthday to you julie uh the winner of the baby bowl by the way the julie I, i'm still never gonna let you live that down i'm sure you won't ever let me live that down either but uh, heading into this Pierre, the final weekend, the final Super Bowl Sunday weekend here, I think Rob made all the donations. He usually makes donations for the regular season to charities, of course, at at Thanksgiving, I believe, or maybe at Christmas. And then right before the Super Bowl, he does it for the Baby Bowl playoffs. Do you happen to have that tweet so we can tell everybody what the final donations were? I do. I do. So first of all, uh, Rob wanted to say this a huge thank you to all the participants, both in the regular season as well as in the playoff edition. Uh, I think we all can't thank you enough for just your donations. Uh, the latest one for the playoffs, so $855 went to both uh, Ashley's Embrace and the March of Dimes. So it was $855 for each. Um, that's in addition to another $1,720 uh, that took place during the regular season to, to each of those uh, spots as well. And all all in all, uh, we raised uh, over, over $5,100. Uh, to both Ashley's Embrace and March of Dimes. So again, big thank you to all who have participated and uh, just being willing to to join in the fun and, and donate to charity in the process. That, that brings a big smile to my face. And, and a, you know, a third of it goes to Ashley's Embrace, a third of it goes to March of Dimes, and then a third of it goes into the prize pool where we have an opportunity to win some of that. Some people choose to not even take the winnings and says, Rob, just, you know, take take it back there to Ashley's Embrace and March of Dimes. So that's really cool to be able to see the community rally around that. 140 participants, I think it was, in the Baby Bowl regular season, over 160 in the Baby Bowl playoffs, and each year it keeps continues to grow. Uh, 200 is the magic number for me. If, if we ever hit 200, I, I'll... I'll do the show shirtless. I think I, that's what I'll end up doing here. I don't. Well, I don't, don't have me on that week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants. See, we got to get you in that baby bowl game too next next season. Uh, Heath Cummings is, takes participates in the baby bowl playoffs anyway. He does that because he's so busy during the regular year, and I know you are too. But we got to get more people involved in that. That's a it's a wonderful uh, community effort to get you know more money back into charities and stuff. It it really surrounds the community with a lot of love. Yeah, I actually love that idea. That's something I, I put out on Twitter on a much smaller scale than, than what you guys have done, which is amazing, where, um, you know, th- there were times where, you know, I hit big, whether it was DFS or or in, in betting or something like a, a big bet came in. Maybe it was like a first round leader. And I would actually like tweet out, you know, what, what, what charity, like just everybody's favorite charities. People would kind of chime in and then I would donate to one of those charities. So um, it, frankly, I haven't done that in a little while. And so you're actually kind of reminding me that, that I probably... Um, need to uh need to to get around to that again but i love what you're doing in that regard sounds great hey rob is gone so i i put out a spread for us here and you guys have to pick two out of these four different uh items that we're going to eat for the super bowl okay if we're at a super bowl party here at rob's house you guys got to pick two of these things and the other two we're just going to throw in the trash and we're not going to be ever be able to ever eat on sunday okay so pierre i'm going to throw it to you first here on this one the the four items you got to pick two the other two go in the trash wings pizza Burgers, 
or hot dogs? Which which two are you eating? Whew, those are tough because I'm an eater. I could enjoy all of those. I, but I for the Super Bowl, I gotta have wings. So I'm keeping I'm keeping wings for sure. Uh I'm 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 kind of stumbling between a couple here. I think I have pizza too much, so I'm gonna go wings and hot dogs personally. Really? Uh, I'm a big hot dog fan. I don't know what's in them. Uh, but whatever it is, I enjoy. So give me wings and give me hot dogs. Uh, for the Super Bowl, I'll toss out pizza and hamburgers personally. Now, see, you could bring something else to the party. If you have something other than those four things that you would rather eat than that, I will let you do that because you are a guest. Pierre's like an old friend, so he doesn't get to choose. But I'll let Sia, who is a first-time guest, you can bring something to the party if you would like to replace any of those things, Sia. But, but, but two out of those four. No, I like the four. Those are like the four goat things. So, uh, you know, I think, to be honest, I think there is a right answer, but I'm not going to give it. I think the right (laughs) answer, the correct answer is burgers and wings. I truly think that's the correct answer. However, because you're asking me, I'm going to go with wings and pizza. Hey, you like wings and pizza. I I like that, too. I like all the choices as well. Uh, Burgers get a little messy. You know what I mean? Like if I'm eating it there in front of people, so are wings. Wings are pretty messy, too. It's hard. It's hard to eat that in front of others. It's hard to yes. eat wings in front of others. I, I I can't enjoy them as much, Pierre. I don't. I I, I don't I, know I, if I can if I can join that club because I can I can clean a bone off a wing pretty good. <laughs> so I, it must just be me. I I love wings. I love chicken. I kind of fit the stereotype there personally. So I I can't join the can't eat wings in front of people. I'll eat I'll eat wings in front of anybody. And I like hot dogs because all the different toppings. And salsa is a must-put condiment on your hot dogs if you don't do that. Salsa. Yeah, interesting. Because yeah, you get that everything in there. But you get the you get the, you get onions, you get peppers, you get tomatoes, you get a lot of things in the salsa, and it gets a little spice to it as well. Uh, I'll put that on there every day of the week. <laughs> it's like uh, a cheap Chicago dog. Like if you just put uh, salsa yeah. on there, you kind of get everything there. Yeah, it's, hey, it's, can, can I ask you guys something? Because this has actually been top of mind for me. It's It's been kind of a, a bit of a Twitter war on my page over the last couple of weeks. Uh-uh. I, I, I kind of need I don't want to take over the show, Wes, but this is a no. yes or no question. So, mm-hmm. Wes, I'm going to go to you and then maybe, Perry, you can answer. Um, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Uh, yes. I love pineapple on pizza. It depends on the flavor that goes along with it. I'm not going to have sausage and pineapple or beef and pineapple. I love the ham and pineapple or maybe other vegetables as well. But I love pineapples on pizza. I, I'm a big pineapple fan. It's a, it's a no for me. I, I can't do fruit on pizza. Sorry. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you something? Um, because obviously one of you are right and one of you are un- <laughs> unbelievably and incredibly wrong. Uh, Pierre is correct. And Wes... Woo! You're so wrong that I, I'm. I, I think I, we might need to end the show right now. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a it's a grilled fruit. I feel like I'm being healthy too whenever I'm eating it. You know, it's the, the, the vegetables and plus we have people in Hawaii that listen to the program here. They endorse pineapples left and right. You see, I, <laughs> pineapples are delicious. They just don't belong, don't belong on, on pizza. pizza. Boom. All right. Well, yes, that, that can be too. I will fly solo on that and I'll have all the pineapple pizza to myself on game day. Hey, three quick questions and three quick answers, guys. If you don't mind, before we get into the rest of the show, we're going to be talking about prop bets. We're going to be talking about DFS showdown strategies, which is going to parlay into setting our lineups for the Baby Bowl as well. We always look for Baby Bowl booms and Baby Bowl busts, players we think will do well in the Baby Bowl this next Sunday, and players we think that won't do well in the Baby Bowl playoffs this last Sunday, where we got, you know, it, it's 
it's a pretty close race, too. The top five, I think, are still in contention, maybe even the top ten, depending on who has who left, Pierre. That, that's always a key <laughs> strategy in the Bay Bowl because maybe they're at the top of the ladder because they played everybody, and then they all of a sudden look up and they go, uh-oh. I ain't got a I ain't got a quarterback. <laughs> well, I was there. I was I was just outside the top ten going into the championship rounds, and I was torn because I I had both AFC quarterbacks, but I had already used one of the NFC guys. Um, so to play it safe, which I shouldn't have done, uh, I went with the other NFC guy to ensure I had a quarterback in the Super Bowl. And of course, that ended up being Brock Purdy, who got hurt like first thing. So that that just really took me down and tore me down uh, when it came to the the standings. Well, at least you have players to play this Sunday, Pierre. That's always fun. You can win this week. You can win. The, I finished second the last week of the year last year in the Bay Bowl playoffs in the Super Bowl week. I finished second last year, and I had a pretty good score, but it was because I didn't use enough players during the regular Bay Bowl playoffs, and I think I did the same strategy this year. I kicked myself. I got to find my notes from last year and copy and paste them to the notes from this year. But Super Bowl uh, this week, three quick questions, three quick answers. Sia, you're going to go up first. Who will win the Super Bowl? What is the final score? And how many times have you changed your mind? Oh, that's a good question. On The last one's a good question. So I'm going to just, okay, so I'll answer the question. And I'll get to that third part in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. The score is going to be 30 to 23. And the amount of times I've changed my mind is zero. However, I really wasn't comfortable picking a winner until a couple of days ago. Uh, and I know a lot of people are starting to kind of veer over to the Kansas City side that were kind of in the Philadelphia camp earlier in the week. Uh, for me, I just think, you know, across the board, uh, pretty much every single position group, I mean, we can take out quarterback from that argument. I think the Eagles are, are kind of the superior team. And I think uh, Kansas City's finally met its match. And especially if Patrick Mahomes is not 100 percent on that ankle, which I don't think anybody expects him to be. I think this defense is going to be a little bit too much. Pierre, same questions to you. Who will win? What's the final score? And how many times have you changed your mind? So I I have the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs winning. Uh, we'll go 28-24 Chiefs. Uh, I've changed my mind probably two or three times. Um, I try to go against the, the public. And as Sia kind of mentioned, the public's starting to creep over to the Chiefs, which mm-hmm. makes me worry right now. Uh, but last I checked, about 60% uh, of the money from the money line as well as the, the spread are coming in on the Eagles. So I'm going to hold firm with the Chiefs right now, but I'm starting to get nervous because it was like mid-60s, and now it's down 60 to 59%. Right, what was your final score? 28-24 Chiefs. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like right now, this is looking like the most competitive Super Bowl that we've seen in a long time, Sia, where... I've changed my mind so many different times, and and I think I'm I, I, I'm not I'm gonna I'm gonna give my 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 prediction at the end of the game. I'm gonna wait to see if you guys can sway me just one more or two more or ten more times. See, ya. but it looks like one of the most competitive Super Bowls that we've had in quite some time. Yeah, it does, and 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 that's what happens when you have two superior quarterbacks and what appears to be two good coaches and. You know, two ba- good groups of personnel. I mean, on the Eagles side, I think the reason they're so good from a position group standpoint, I think this is Captain Obvious, but, you know, Jalen Hurts only counts less than $2 million against the salary cap. So they can go out mm-hmm. and spend on A.J. Brown. They can, you know, build up that D de- or keep those defensive linemen and those offensive linemen. In the middle of the season, they can get Linval jo- Joseph and, and, and Dominican Sue. So they are just really stacked. And then 
on the Kansas City side, anytime you have Mahomes, you have a shot. And we really got to give Andy Reid a lot of credit here. I mean, it's funny that he's facing his old team. And honestly, when when he was let go uh, from the Eagles, and I'm trying to remember how many years that would have been. I think we're talking in the 10 range. It was kind of one of those things where he was let go for just kind of silly reasons, in my opinion. I mean, I, I remember his game management, particularly on like third and fourth and short or in the two-minute drill, uh, people were criticizing. that, And that's just going to be like a Philly East Coast thing. But I think Andy Reid, the edge is certainly there with Andy Reid in terms of the coaching, two weeks to prepare. And I think that's part of the reason people think this is going to be competitive. Because the reality is, if you just look at the rosters, especially if you look at the skill groups, not only do we not have Tyreek Hill on this Kansas City team, of course, but they're kind of decimated. I mean, I understand Kadarius Tony and Juju, they're all they're all playing. Everybody's good other than McCole Hardman. But look at those guys compared to, you know, other than Kelsey, look at that compared to Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. I mean, it's just everywhere you look, even at the, in the backfield, it, Eagles have it better. But again, Mahomes, Andy Reid, that's a pretty fierce combination. Yeah, Pierre, you and I talked about that, the two different rosters. And I know Mm -hmm. you and I even mentioned early in the year or preseason when we were looking at the different rosters that Kansas City might actually have an advantage because they didn't have Tyreek Hill this season, which would really open up the offensive playing call play calling for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes this season because they didn't have to funnel everything towards Tyreek Hill and towards Travis Kelsey, they had an opportunity to now really play an offensive strategy where it involved all the players all over the field, which where it seems like Andy Reid's offense really you know, flourishes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it can be beneficial uh, to not lock on you know, a top target. Uh, we, we thought that could even be the case in, in Green Bay when Devontae Adams left. It was not. But, you know, Mahomes was able to, to spread the ball around. He still obviously went to, to Kelsey uh, first and foremost. But, you know, amongst just dump offs to, to guys like McKinnon, who had a good stretch, you know, Pacheco, they ran the ball a little bit more, which was even a question mark in Philly uh, with Andy Reid when he didn't really use Westbrook at times. So I think spreading the ball around, uh, for one, elevated the, the side of Mahomes just because we all knew he was good. But there were questions like, how good is he going to be without Tyreek Hill? Uh, he's removed that doubt now. So I am I am excited. But see, it does make a great point. And it's it's something I'm dealing with internally. Being a Colts fan is teams can capitalize on a lot of these rookie type contracts. Um, and you've seen that, you know, with the Bengals, with, with Burrow, you see with Herbert, really the AFC in general. When you look at the playoffs this year, it was a good portion of those being on rookie contracts. So Eagles are definitely taking advantage of it right now. Obviously, uh, Sia brought up A.J. Brown and that acquisition. They're going to have to pay Hurts here soon. Uh, so they really need to capitalize while they can with uh, the salary and how the roster construction is currently built up. I'm a big Bears fan. and That's what makes this number one pick really intriguing to me this year. I know we already have Justin Fields back there at quarterback, and he's done a fantastic job for fantasy purposes, especially uh, does good job out there on the field too, I believe, and, and allows and puts the players an opportunity to win. I think that coaching staff is starting to get a little bit better as the years year went on. But see, I, I look at that and I think, man, Bryce Young, he, he look, and I'm an Alabama fan too. So I'm really caught in the middle. <laughs> I'm really caught here. I'm stuck here. I don't know what to do, but I, I think Bryce Young is one of those generational talents at quarterback. And it seems like teams that are with a quarterback, that is still on a rookie deal are able to spread their money around a little bit more to surround that rookie quarterback with a lot of talent and be able to pay up for that talent and then allow the quarterback to kind of catch up to speed. See, I, I, I'm really, I, I'm really intrigued to what Chicago's going to do this year in the draft. I know this isn't a Super Bowl question, but I, I had to talk about it. 
No, I, I agree. It is super intriguing. You know, the, the thing that the, the inverse of that is true as well, though, because what happens is if you end up trading that pick for, you know, a king's ransom and, and whatever, you get three first round picks or whatever it is over a couple mm-hmm. years and you get a couple second round picks and a third round pick, whatever it is. You know, those are all rookies that you're going to be drafting. Granted, they're not quarterbacks, but those are all guys on rookie contracts that are going to be high picks that you're going to be able to put on your team at, you know, f- again, favorable rates, if you will. So, you know, obviously you want the quarterback to be the guy that's on the rookie contract, but I think the Bears are in such a good situation either way. It's one of those really interesting moments, though, especially from a PR standpoint. Like, it's a really tough decision to tell your fan base, hey, we're moving on from this pick that we all fell in love with just a year ago. So it's one of those things. My guess is they end up trading this pick for, like I said, you know, a king's ransom and they just get a flood of picks and they stick with Justin Fields. That's my guess in terms of how this goes down. But you're absolutely right. If you can somehow deal Justin Fields and then you take Bryce Young um, you're going to have Bryce Young for at least four years. I mean, still, it's it's the number one pick, so you're going to have to pay him a little bit, but it's certainly not going to be anything crazy. Now, Pierre, I know that you're disappointed this week. It's, it's the end of this football, football year, and I know that you love playing DFS, Pierre. One of the things you stay away from, and you talk about, I don't want to say stay away from, it's not like you're going, ah, you just rather play GPPs, you'd rather play cash lineups, that kind of stuff, is it, the showdown games. And so I know you're a little bit disappointed because there's not there's not a whole <laughs> plethora of player pools to choose from on this with beer. There's not, and it, it's tough with showdowns because you just, that captain is so important, especially like on draft keys. You, you want to get the most bang for your buck. And I just can't seem to put together the the right combination. And if you don't have the the right, you know, player to you're you're just out of luck. So that's the tough part with showdowns and it'll be tough this week. I'll play. It's the only thing on the on the board on the slate from an NFL standpoint. So I'll I'll have some lineups in there. But for me personally, it's just tough to to build that way, having to to have that captain kicker, um kickers in the, the multiplier uh, in addition to to building out enough balance, upside, et cetera, to maybe take down a tournament. Now, uh, here's to our Fantasy Impact Today family, our Fit Fam. Just go ahead, if you're driving, pull off to the side road. Find a good place to park. Find a paper, find pencil, uh, whatever, pen, pencil, paper, all those things, to be able to take notes. Because hmm. Sia is about to give us a Sia Najad. Follow him on Twitter, too, at Sia Najad. I, I'm going to make sure I spell that right, just in case people, at S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. I need him to get more followers, okay, over on Twitter. It's a, it's a, it's a, I, don't, I, I hate that he doesn't have that wait, more, more followers. I, I want more followers for Sia. At Sia Najad. And, and Sia is going to educate us on how to build a captain's or a showdown slates lineup here, especially for the Super Bowl, but just every week. And Pierre, you said something very important there that you just you don't do well with these kind of showdown lineups. You don't construct great lineups with this. And I see that's one of the things you said over the summer multiple times with a lot of those different guests that you had on is know what you're good at. And then concentrate on those things because mm-hmm. we start spreading all of our money out and all of our time out to all these different plays that we could do on DraftKings and all these different things. And then we don't concentrate on what we know we do best. I know you said that a million times, Sia. Yeah, and I and I, I believe it, obviously, to this day. It's it's really important. For example, like I, pl- I play a lot of the afternoon slate uh, in just, you know, your regular weeks. And I tend to do better on the afternoon slate than I do the, the full slate. I mean, sometimes you can play the morning slate. Sometimes you can play the tears contest. Find out what you're good at. And, and by the way, um, you know, our, our former host of the show, Frank Stample, who who does some producing for us now, but is on the baseball podcast more than anything. 
he actually had his best year in DFS uh, in the NFL. And part of the reason was because his split between double ups and tournaments was in that like 65-35 range, if not 70-30. So again, he I actually just saw him. He was down in South Florida and he told me that. And, and my follow-up question was, because he just said, oh, I, I had a really successful season. I said, well, what was your split? Because usually when I ask that, it's disproportionate to the double-ups, disproportionate to the cash games. It's not the sexy way, but I got to tell you, Sunday evening, before that eight o'clock game, when you get to finally look at your you know main slate lineups, it is really discouraging when you pour... 100 bucks, 500 bucks, 1000 bucks, whatever it is, into it and you barely get anything back if anything at all. It's a lot better. You know, it might not be sexy to build those lineups on the front end if they're double ups because you're like, well, all I can do is double up my money here. But the reality is, picture yourself at the end of that day when you have some green coming in relatively consistently because of your double ups, that feeling you get at 7:30 Eastern Standard Time. I know you're on Central Time West. Maybe I should have gone Central Time. I guess that would be 6:30 Central Time. Um, that feeling is a lot better when you have something coming back because your your tournament lineups just didn't go well. And honestly, that segues nicely into Showdown because Showdown's really tough. Showdown is one of those things where I think I don't want to say you, I don't want to say you should only do it this way, but those that build like the 150 lineups, and that's not me, that's my co-host Mike McClure that's doing most of that. Yeah, he's he, crazy. He's crazi- Yeah, he's crazy, but but he, you know he's really good at at, at yeah. showdowns because he's doing the 150 max and he's just kind of dialing in on, on a on a few different you know captain options that he thinks are optimal and he builds or it, frankly he lets his optimizer build it from there. So when you're when you're facing showdown in the Super Bowl. I think everybody wants to play, so I get it, and I think I'm going to play too. I'm not, I don't think I'm necessarily great at showdown, and I'm not doing the 150 lineups. But if you're doing the single entry or the three max or the 20 max, what you have to do a couple things: game script. How do you think the game is going to go? And then you you have to figure out what your lineup is going to look like from there. If you think it's going to be a lower scoring game, then you have to make a lineup that is going to dictate a lower scoring game. If you think it's going to be a shootout, okay, well, who are going to be the pieces of those uh, of that shootout? I know that's really obvious, but the thing is what optimizers do, and the reason why optimizers are so intimidating to hand builders like myself, I, I don't know if you all hand build or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So the, you, you, it's it's not as intimidating if you actually just put your lineup in and you you look at it and you say, okay, would this be, would an optimizer spit this out? And if the answer is, yeah, it actually might, well, then you've probably built a good lineup. And, and the only way to know that is if your lineup makes sense. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example just off the top of my head. A lot of people are going to want to play Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes at the captain spot, or I should say, sure. or Patrick Mahomes at the captain spot. Well, let's say, okay, let's say, let's just pick Jalen Hurts, for example. Okay. Actually, no, let's pick Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Patrick Mahomes is your captain, okay? Mm-hmm. So what you're leaning on, listen, his his uh, yardage total is almost, it's creeping up to 300 yards. He's going to be passing the ball around to a lot of different targets. The thing is, if you get Patrick Mahomes as your captain, that's expensive, right? Well, you're also going to want to have Jalen Hurts in that lineup, most likely, because you know he has the rushing equity and he's got the passing equity, particularly with uh, that receiving core. So, okay, how do we figure this out? Who do we let go in that lineup that we just don't really want to let go. What what makes my lineup optimal? Okay, well, maybe you let go of Travis Kelsey. And maybe you pair Patrick Mahomes with Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, I know it's gross, 
But by the way, just six <laughs> weeks ago, he had back-to-back games where he had 10 and 11 targets. And oh, by the way, caught 19 of them. So it was 21 targets over two weeks and he caught 19 of them. Do I expect him to do that again? No. But he, again, you're building a script. You're building a scenario that might be slightly contrarian and you're getting both quarterbacks in your lineup. So I've got Pat Mahomes as my quarterback and I put him with Juju Smith-Schuster and Kadarius Tony. Now, what I'm thinking in my head in that in that moment it, it, when I'm building this lineup is, OK, the Eagles are, are bracketing Kelsey and he just doesn't have the pop game. And, and for whatever reason, he's not getting the touchdown. So I'm building that lineup. I'm saving a lot of money with my receivers. OK, now what do I want to do with Jalen Hurts? OK, I, I think he's going to rush the ball quite a bit. And I think he might even have a rushing touchdown. So I'm not gonna, I'm not going to put Miles Sanders in that lineup. I'm going to put one of the pass catchers. Maybe it's Devontae Smith, who I like quite a bit, or maybe it's Dallas Goddard. Maybe I think AJ Brown and, and Devontae Smith have good games, but not great games. And maybe it's Dallas Goddard who gets the touchdowns. Maybe Dallas Goddard gets six or seven targets and catches, you know, five or six of them. And it's kind of a neutral game for the other two big time pass catchers. If I put Goddard in, now I'm saving even more money. And now with my my fifth and sixth spot. Now maybe I can get you know somebody else that makes sense with the game script that I like. Maybe it's Jarek McKinnon. Maybe I think he's super contrarian because he's he's almost the same price as Isaiah Pacheco on DraftKings. Nobody's going to want to play McKinnon. Well, maybe I throw him in and I think he's going to get some pass catching work and that not much is going to go to Pacheco, even though last game he caught five or six targets for, I believe, almost 60 or 70 yards. So those are the kind of like mental impressions you have to go through. Is it scary to play a lineup without Kelsey? Of course it is. Is that is is the lineup I built going to be optimal? I don't know, but at least the lineup makes sense. At least I was able to get both quarterbacks in. I was able to get one or two of the, well, I should say one of the Eagles pass catchers in, at least two of the Kansas City pass catchers in, and at least the lineup makes sense. Again, if I tell myself, well, Kelsey's going to get marginalized. It, 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 those are sort of the impressions. Okay. And again, the, the quarterback doesn't have to be your captain. You can make Dallas Goddard or Devontae Smith your captain and go through those same mental impressions. What does that mean for the game? It means Devontae Smith has a pop game. I want Jalen Hurts in there. I also want Patrick Mahomes in there. Who else makes sense in this pop game? Okay, I see that. And and I, I like what you said about the why you wouldn't put Jalen Hurts and you wouldn't put uh, Sanders in there at the same time. Because if Jalen Hurts is going to have that big game, that big boom game, then that probably means that he's going to get the rushing touchdown and Sanders isn't going to get those rushing touchdowns like he did in the NFC championship game. So I see how you're saying if you construct a lineup, make sure that the narratives all kind of make sense, you know, try, try to, try to weave the story together a little bit and think it through and say, if, if, Hertz has a big game. It's going to be because he connects with a receiver or two for a touchdown and he rushes some in and that just completely takes Miles Sanders off the board. See ya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and another kind of basic thing for those of you that are kind of new to showdown, like when you have Jalen Hurts and he's a rushing quarterback, you can stack him with a couple pass catchers if you want in your showdown lineup, if you think that's how it's going to go. But you could also just stack him with with one pass catcher and then just get just get weird in other places. Maybe it's one pass catcher and like a Kenneth Gainwell. And then the rest is, is Kansas City Chiefs. Or maybe you know, the point is, because he has the rushing equity, you want like you can envision a scenario where Jalen Hurts gets a ton of yards with his legs and with his arm, but it's really just one receiver that pops. Patrick Mahomes is the opposite circumstance because he's not going to get any rushing yards. If he does, it's going to be very limited, very, very unlikely to get a rushing touchdown. What does that mean? If he's in your captain spot, you better have at least two pass catchers with him because if you only have one pass catcher with Patrick Mahomes, let's say it's Juju Smith-Schuster just for, for example purposes – if you just have him with Juju Smith-Schuster, what you're telling yourself is that Juju's going to have an amazing game. All the stuff, all the passing equity from Mahomes is going to go to Juju. Well, if that's the case, Juju should be in your captain, 
not Patrick Mahomes. So again, if you have Patrick Mahomes in your captain, you're envisioning him spreading it around and having an amazing game to multiple pass catchers. So that's an example where it makes sense to have Mahomes with two pass catchers and maybe Jalen Hurts with one. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to let everybody digest that a little bit because it was a lot of information, Sia, but it's because you are so knowledgeable in the game. I know you know this, and I know you've worked on it for so long. Hey, if, if when you all go over to Twitter and check out Sia Najad's Twitter handle, look at his bio, by the way. He's like, it, it says attorney, and, and it says all kinds of things. <laughs> and then I saw you the other night. You were on a Spaces on Twitter, and it was really just giving out positive vibes if i think if i understood that all right see you're just doing a lot of things right now it's you're very busy individual and i know cbs is working you like crazy this week so i can tell all this stuff is just fresh on your head it really i mean it really is it's it's top of mind and it's kind of sad right because you know the super bowl's (laughs) the super bowl is going to be over in in a couple of a few days and then where we don't get to talk about football at least not in the context that we're talking about it right now but for the record the twitter spaces i was on yesterday was actually with prop stars and dave richard who of course you know from fantasy football today and uh we we do a prop show uh for the nfl which of course you know we're not going to be doing after this week but the the positive vibes thing, I, I'll, I'll point this out. I just launched a website at cnajadsports.com. I'm not really trying to plug the website. What I'm trying to plug is there's a lot of people in this sports space, like the, this, like Wes and, and, and Pierre, yourselves, like I, I don't know you guys well enough to know what you do outside of sports. But what I do know is there's a lot of people in this space that have a lot more to offer than just their sports insights. So I launched a website that's really predicated on motivating people, kind of giving people the right resources to kind of get through their problems and maybe achieve some of their goals. And actually, last night we had our debut interview with Greg Ducharme, who does the First Cut Pod with me. Uh, That's another CBS Sports show. I do the DFS show with him and Rick Gaiman, uh, again, a a golf show. Next week, I'm going to have Jonathan Coachman. He's going to be my guest. These these interviews that I'm doing are really going to, I think, stimulate people's brains to like really kind of you know, take steps forward to accomplish goals that they didn't even know they had. And so um, I'm actually glad you brought the positive vibes thing up because I think this sports space is great. I love it. But I think a lot of us have more to offer than just sports. And I'm trying to expose that. Pierre, I know you know that name, Jonathan Coachman. Wasn't he the guy on WWF or E2? Wasn't he that guy? That's right. Yeah, he's a coach. I do. Familiar with that. And I'm glad Cena brought up uh, golf because that's actually where I, I kind of fell into who Cena was with some of his PGA golf stuff. I've never been one to keep up with golf, but you, you get the itch uh, sometimes in DFS. So I, I've definitely listened to to Cena with golf. And then actually Mike is a NASCAR guy I turn to. So small world that these are uh, two gents that I've listened to for a few years now that really helped me in some of the sports that I don't really deep dive into personally. I've I've done fantasy leagues in both of those and I've, I've gone, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to use the same strategies I use in other sports. And and yet I'm doing pretty good because you know, the strategies so well, Pierre, speaking about strategies, baby bowl Mm -hmm. this Sunday, a super bowl. If you had Jalen hurts and Patrick Mahomes to choose from this week in the baby bowl, because you can only choose one, which one should people choose? Ah, that's a that's a tough question because it depends on what the rest of your roster's like. So, like whoever your pass catchers are, I, I'd probably go that way. So if you have an AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, then yeah, I would run out Hurts plus his rushing upside uh, to really help you there. If you're more looking at, you know, the uh, Juju or a Tony or one of those pass catchers for the Chiefs, I'm guessing most people have used Kelsey by now. Uh, you'll you'll want to maybe go with the Mahomes side of things because you're you're looking in these tournaments to to really get your your upside. And that's what stacking does. 
So if you still have the ability to stack, I would rather go with the guy that you have some weapons to go along with him. That way you can get the most bang for your buck if they are to go off uh, come Sunday. See, so yeah, for baby bowl purposes, I'm going to ask you this question. Out of all the running backs for Kansas City that we have to choose from now, Pacheco, McKinnon, and CEH. Is CEH active? I know he's, I know he's available. I, I don't know if he's going to be active for the game on Sunday. But I'm going to put his name in there because I can almost see Andy Reid getting him a touchdown, by the way. I can just, I'll tell you guys a crazy vision I have for Sunday. A crazy, crazy vision I have for Sunday. But uh, I can see him getting CEH a touchdown, by the way. Out of those three, if if – Baseball players had all three of those guys to choose from. Which running back for Kansas City is going to have the biggest day? Yeah, I mean, I hate to give, uh, I guess, what most people will assume is sort of the obvious answer, but it's Pacheco. I mean, he's running so hard, and, and he's catching balls, and he's been really efficient catching balls. It'd be one thing if, if he had six targets last week and he caught two or three of them, but catching five out of six and getting a bunch of chunk plays out of it, I think that kind of proves to the team that he can be that pass-catching guy. That doesn't mean he completely phases out McKinnon, but I think the role is there for Pacheco. And, and by the way, speaking of just long shots, he returns kicks too. So if you wanted to take a non-quarterback as the MVP, he's 35 to one. He runs the ball. He catches the ball. He returns kicks. Do the math on that. It's a long shot, but it's just something worth mentioning. Whenever I construct some of my showdown lineups, I like to look for like the biggest, cheapest boom that there is, right? The the one I think that could possibly boom. I, I remember I, I went with Rob Gronkowski a couple of years ago, and that really paid off for me on Super Bowl Sunday, and, and that was that was a really good one. And he was cheap that day. I didn't understand it. I thought he was going to come back, catch touchdowns in the Super Bowl. I, I'm I'm toying around with the idea of putting CEH in there, but I just really don't think that we're going to be able to count on him all that much. So as I scroll up through all the different price ranges and everything, I would I know I want to put a wide receiver in there possibly because wide receivers seem to pay off more per dollar in the captain spot than really anybody else because they're a little bit cheaper price than the than the quarterback in my opinion. That's what that's what ends up happening, and so I just keep my eyes keep going to MVS. See ya. Each and every time with the big boom game that he had last week, maybe it's uh, going back to a familiar guy on the team uh, when all those other players were injured last week. But but MVS has the potential for a big boom game. And if he gives you 20 like he did last week, as far as fantasy numbers goes, that could really pay off for you at 9,300. And I can sneak a lot of other guys in there and I'm not really taking a lot of chances because they're all big names and they all have the potential to put up good fantasy days on that. Is that a good strategy or should we just go with the gameplay? But I could build it around that MVS pick. I think it's an okay strategy from a contrarian standpoint. I think that what, what the pushback would be is, well, there's other receivers maybe you could put in there that, that are actually at a, at a lesser price, including Juju and Kadarius Tony. So the question is, if, if Kadarius Tony and Juju are healthy, you're still being contrarian playing them in the captain spot, by the way. Are they going to get more looks than MBS? And But what you're saying, and it's true, you know, in terms of down the field, Juju just doesn't get down the field. Kadarius Tony right. can potentially get down the field and he can be involved in some gadget plays. Again, this assumes he's actually healthy. But I like them a little bit better than I like MBS, but I, I, I like your point. The, the problem, of course, also is that the Eagles are pretty good at covering those outside receivers, which MBS is. So it's one of those things where he could just be limited in terms of Mahomes not really looking his way potentially. But listen, any of those guys, it's Andy Reid at the end of the day and Eric the enemy. So any of these guys can get open. They can be schemed open and, and MBS is probably the prime candidate to get a 60-yard touchdown or to get multiple catches that are over 30 yards. 
Okay, all right. Uh, let's build a quick little lineup here, Pierre. Give me your lineup for a DraftKings purposes. If you have one, Pierre, let me know what yours is so I can tell you a mine in a minute and see it can give us one of his million-dollar ideas here. What, what is it, Pierre? So I, I don't, but I can toss one. I do like Tony. Um, I just feel like he's a talented player. He, he has to stay on the field, uh, which is no guarantee. But 4,400, you look at him at the captain spot, it's only 6,600. So I go with Tony. Um, obviously, I would, I would then go with Mahomes, uh, as you have to have Mahomes if Tony is really going to have the upside that you want him to have. I know he can run the ball, but give me Mahomes. Might as well go with the script. So give me Kelsey as well. Uh, to just go with this chief side of things, I will go with with Hertz uh, just to, to have that bring back. And then Devontae Smith uh, will also go in there. That leaves me one spot for 2K. And I'll take a boom. So there's two you could go with since I have Kelsey. Um, I won't go Noah Gray. I think if you don't play Kelsey, Noah Gray might be a little slick. But give me uh, give me Watson. Uh, I think he can get behind the defense. Tends to get at least a, a couple deep shots a game. So give me Justin Watson to kind of round that out. More team chiefs, uh, just based off my prediction there. Okay, all right, I like that. Uh, Sia, do you do you got a million dollar lineup already? I'm trying to create one right now, oh. but I don't I don't love it enough to to can, can I stall by you giving out your lineup and I have a million dollar lineup? <laughs> no, I, I, well, I I erased my lineup and start building another one. So I was well, about, I'll, oh, I'll just mention real fast. So last year, uh, I think you needed to have either Cooper Cup or, or T Higgins in your captain spot. And I say that because I went Tony, uh, he's priced down, but oftentimes your captain, you need it to be whoever scores the most points or close to the most points on the slate. Uh, so keep that in mind. And it might be a good idea to pay up, you know, for Kelsey, for Smith, for AJ Brown, for their boom purposes and their, their ceiling. Um, but I just wanted to kind of chime that in because I think it was Higgins and Cooper Cup that were the two that you really needed last year when it came to the Super Bowl showdown there. So I'll give you my crazy idea, and I built the lineup around it. So I wanted to make sure that I had it all right. My crazy idea, and this is just this is just nutso. But you know, the Kansas City Chiefs play the game a little bit nutso at times, right? Where we see them doing the little circle thing behind the line of scrimmage before they hike the ball. Andy Reid likes to go off script a lot. He likes to outthink the room. Maybe sometimes they have a lot of fun. This was my wild premonition that I had. I had Travis Kelsey in my mind, not only receiving a touchdown but also throwing a touchdown mm -hmm. and running in a touchdown. I, I had him getting three touchdowns this game, and I don't know if it's running in a touchdown. I, that was the one I went, huh, it could happen because they do run it in the Wildcat thing. He tosses it in from there. I could see him, though, at least going for two touchdowns some way, somehow, either through the air, uh, receiving it, maybe even three. So I put Kelsey in my captain spot, which I think a lot of people won't do because he's kind of maxed out at, at some point in his fantasy numbers is it feels like it just especially against that philadelphia defense and then i got pacheco i put hertz in there because they're going to be paying, playing from behind a little bit Devonte smith kenneth gainwell who's been the receiving back as of late for philadelphia anyway miles sanders doesn't get a lot of work there so i got jalen hurts connecting with those two guys and then i put that ceh in there as well just i if if he plays if not i'll have to find somebody else but that also leaves me about eleven hundred dollars on the table i may mess with that ceh pick a little bit more uh but it leaves me some money on the table which is going to differentiate me <laughs> even more so i like to differentiate myself see which is a downfall of mine i like that okay i have the million dollar lineup are you ready 
I get and, my and, paper out. Hold and on. There's the, for the record, <laughs> there's no money left in this lineup, which probably means it's it's probably going to be duped a little bit. But it's it's to me, it's a contrarian lineup. But I, I don't know that for a fact. So it's a four-two build, and in the captain spot, I have Jalen Hurts, but I only have him paired with Kenny Gainwell. What I'm anticipating there is he just doesn't get the ball out to his receivers. Maybe he's limited because of his arm, his shoulder, and, and that becomes an issue. But he does run the ball, and he does spread it around enough to all of his receivers, including Kenny Gainwell, who I actually have. in in He's the other Eagle. So obviously what I'm predicting here is a negative game script for the Eagles, where they abandon the conventional run with Miles Sanders and the force to pass the ball down the field. The, the problem with that is is – I don't really have any other receiver to put for the Eagles. So what I'm the rest of my lineup after Hertz and Gainwell is Mahomes, Pacheco, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Kadarius Tony. Notice there's no Kelsey in there. So the thought there is Mahomes is going to throw regardless, in, unless it's just a complete blowout. He's going to throw regardless. Pacheco has a nice game. Mahomes gets to, to his receivers, but Kelsey is relatively neutralized. They build a big lead, and then it's comeback ball for Jalen Hurts. He does his best with his legs and with his arms. So you've got Jalen Hurts in a negative game script. He, he throws the ball a decent amount to Kenny Gainwell, who, who would be in there in a negative game script. And Mahomes runs it up with his receivers, not including Kelsey. Okay. I, yeah, I got to put Mahomes in that lineup. I'm looking at it. I'm going on Mahomes list. My daughter will hurt me. I have a teenage daughter, and uh, Kansas City's her favorite <laughs> squad, and Mahomes is her favorite player. So if I don't put Mahomes in a lineup, I'm going to be a dead man walking around here. Hey, that is seeing a job from CBS Sports. Make sure you check out Sportsline, by the way, this weekend. 75 to 80% off, I think, for Super Bowl Sunday. You can get that. Tons of prop bets over there, which we're going to get into in here just a minute. Uh, but make sure you check out Seeing a job, all the work that he does over there. Make sure you uh, subscribe over to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. Uh, that podcast, not only that one, but make sure you're subscribing to the Fantasy Impact Today Network as well. You can check out the DFS Dreamer podcast. We'll be giving you some baseball stuff and football stuff as the offseason is in there and the Baby Bowl stuff as well. Don't forget to follow Pierre at Peewee31. You can follow myself at at Loafinit, and you can follow the daddy of the Baby Bowl at Norton0723. Guys, I love one of the prize picks that we have pulled up here, and you can use the code FI today over there. They'll match a deposit bonus of up to $100. They'll match it. One of the One of my favorite ones is Patrick Mahomes. They have Patrick Mahomes listed for half a passing yard. You know how people get. They look crazy over there. You got to get two or three of them at a time. Uh, you pick those things up, and then they, they they multiply it as you keep going down. The greater multiplications, of course, the more picks you put into a, a kind of a prize pick matchup thing there that you got. But if you do that one, it's already started. You got one right. That's one in the bank right there. I don't know if you got any uh, kind of contributing things like that. Or see over on Sportsline. I don't know if people can make a matching deposit bonus on uh, prize picks as well or anything like that. No, I don't think so. Actually, that, you know, we the, I know CBS is affiliated to some degree with Caesars. So globally, I, I'm sure they have some stuff with Caesars, but Sportsline, I don't think so. Now, another guy I keep looking at, my eyes keep getting attracted to, is is Pacheco. You talked about how hard he was running the ball, see, and how he's getting those rushing yards, too. And there's some of these prop bets with Pacheco that I am just really liking. I see, like, he's got negative, or I'm sorry, uh, he's got 42 rushing yards on prize picks, which is okay, 48 and a half. 48 and a half rushing yards, but I'm really liking the 68 and a half on the rushing and receiving yards combination. That gives me a kind of an added extra bonus there, just in case he doesn't get there on the rushing yards, he might be able to get there with the, through the air too, or at least through receiving passes. I do, but that's what you just said is part of the reason I just like his receiving yards prop. This is actually something that was first uh, talked about by Mike McClure, I believe last Tuesday, where the line opened on Isaiah Pacheco's receiving yards opened at 12 and a half. 
pretty low considering what he's been doing in the passing game. Oh, I should say, I mean, it's, it's a small sample size, right? It, it was just last week where he had, he caught five or six targets, but that's moved now to 14 and a half in most markets, maybe 15 and a half, but I still kind of like it there because again, knowing that these receivers are at least banged up, I, I think Pacheco and maybe even McKinnon get a little bit more work in the passing game than people anticipate. And for Pacheco, it probably only takes three receptions for him to get past 14 and a half. So uh, that, that's one that I like as far as the rushing yards. I don't mind it as far as the combo prop. I don't mind it either. Pacheco runs really hard and this Philadelphia run defense is good, but it's not necessarily great. I like the combo prop better than I like the rushing prop, but the one I like the best is the receiving yards prop. Yeah, the receiving yards has bounced up to 68. No, 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 no. The receiving yards has bounced. There's so many. There's so many to choose from now. <laughs> it feels like it gets a little bit. 40. It's 48 and a half rushing yards, 68 and a half for the receiving, 16 and a half receiving yards only. Mm. So it's bounced up a little bit, but two receptions, only two receptions. So that one's okay in my book as well. Pierre, what mm -hmm. about you? Who do you see that you like in, as far as some of these prop bets go? Yeah, well, I don't get prize picks in, in Indiana, but just, just looking at some of the, the DK Sportsbook, um, Sia was just mentioning, you know, Gainwell and potentially a game script there. Uh, I show him at 11 and a half uh, receiving yards. I don't mind that if you do feel like the Eagles are going to get behind, uh, especially if, you know, that shoulder is an issue for Hertz. Uh, could cause him to, to do some dump offs there when it comes to that. I think one of these receivers on the Eagles is going to boom, though. Uh, the Chiefs all season kind of struggled uh, against the uh, right receivers and Eagles got two good ones in Devontae Smith, AJ Brown. Currently I'd probably take the, the lower one. Uh, so right now AJ Brown's at 72 and a half uh, when it comes to receiving yards, Devontae Smith at 62 and a half. So I'd probably go over on Devontae Smith and expect them to kind of beat up on the, the chief secondary personally. Okay. Uh, so yeah, do you have other prop bets that you've just seen that your mouth is just watering on or your pocketbooks watering money on that you that you cannot wait to get a hold of? Yeah, there's a couple that I liked right when the props came out uh, over a week ago. And the good news is that, well, one of them actually you've lost the number, but one of them you haven't lost the number. And it's Devonte Smith over 62 and a half receiving yards. It's still 62 and a half in most places. It went down to 61 and a half actually after I made the pick and then it bounced right back up to 62 and a half opened at 63 and a half. So again, this is one of those situations where we know Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, they're likely to get at least a similar number of targets. We know since basically week 12, week 13, Devontae Smith has actually been getting more targets than AJ Brown. He's been doing a lot with it. So I think 62 and a half yards against this uh, defensive backfield for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, is extremely doable. I love it. I know Mike McClure, who, who of course you've mentioned I do the FFT DFS show, he endorsed this one as well, which gives me even higher confidence. So Devontae Smith over 62 and a half receiving yards. The other one I like, and this number's gone, uh, and I'll tell you what the new number is in a second. Patrick Mahomes' longest rush under 12 and a half yards. Oh. I mean, this makes this makes a lot of sense, right? It, you know, you could take the rushing yards, but I don't like the the total rushing yards, which is 20 and a half, more than I like the longest rush of 12 and a half because I just think if he's going to escape the pocket, he's probably going to be angling to the sideline. And, and this Eagles defense, they play zone defense. There's not going to be a lot of uh, there's not going to be as much man coverage where the defensive backs and, and just everybody's going to have their back turned covering the receivers. It's a formidable defense at that. And then you've got the, the high ankle sprain for Patrick Mahomes. So I like that a bit. The new number is 10 and a half. I don't really, I still kind of like that, by the way, but that's a big, big difference from between 10 and a half and 12 and a half. Yeah, especially Patrick Mahomes' IQ is just off the charts. And if he's yeah. got to do it, he will, he will do it this game is what it feels like. Um, that's true. 
over on Price Picks, they I, I like the fantasy score once. Jack stole at half a fantasy score, just just half a point, and he's hit that four out of his last four games. Actually, is what it is. That's just one catch. You know, that's one catch. He, he might even be somebody who catches a touchdown this game, just getting lost back there in the end zone mm-hmm. somewhere. So I like that one. Boston Scott at two fantasy points. I'd like that three out of the last three games. He's been able to do that three out of the last five. He's done that. So that's it's not that's the looking. giant. I mean, it's not the giant. That's true. Kenneth Gainwell, five and a half fantasy points, guys, five and a half fantasy points. I, I can like see that. him. Yeah, that, I like that, that a lot. That's just really easy going. You can use that code FI today over there and just, just start looking around at some of those things. And like I said, that, that, Patrick Mahomes, half a passing yard is free money, and you can pick out the rest of them. So many to choose from. Uh, let me ask you this, the uh, last questions here as we wrap this all up, and we do really appreciate your time here. I think about all those crazy bets that can end up happening for Super Bowl Sunday. You know, people can get on DraftKings and pick out the color of the Gatorade and stuff. You know, those 50-50 bets, just the, the all those crazy ones. I actually like looking at those to some degree, not a 50-50 like coin flip one, because I, I, I can't predict the outcome of that. But if I look at where the trends are going for like the Gatorade color. Somebody knows what that color is somewhere. <laughs> and if before the game, all of a sudden, all the money's coming in on yellow or all the money's coming in on red or something, then I'm going, okay, <laughs> the sharp people know what that color is and they're, they're hammering that home or how long the national anthem is going to be. They, they're hammering that home. That's the side I want to be on. Do you get into any of those crazy kind of props? I wish I did because it's not fun that I don't have like a real legitimate answer to this one. I don't really. I mean, I, I do try to look for just fun Super Bowl bets at like super long odds, like maybe like predicting the exact score. But I, I obviously don't plan on winning those. Um, as far as like the special insight, you know, I was on a text thread earlier today where somebody was sort of indicating they'll have information regarding the the national anthem uh, in terms of what bet to make there. Uh, you know, that that's one of those things where I think it's so known now, even by the singers, that I almost think that like they might set up the audience at this point. Like they might do a practice. They might do a practice run and be like, listen, I don't want to be the subject of like this sort of like this background or or or, or black market gambling thing. So I'm not going to hold the note quite as long as this one. But when I do it for the Super Bowl, I'm holding that note an extra three seconds and the overs coming in. I just sense that coming. I, I can I can see that. And and by the way, I think Pierre and correct me if I'm wrong, most Super Bowls start out pretty slow. Like like the Super Bowl, you want to take the first half unders, especially the first quarter unders, in my opinion. Even but here's the here's a negative thing on that. Philadelphia, I think I believe scores most of the times on their first drive. So there's a negative, but I think it's the jitters that usually get you. And it's usually mm-hmm. the second half and the fourth quarter, especially where all of a sudden we start seeing the offenses really come alive. But usually, typically in that in the Super Bowl, the first quarter is just kind of like people trying to get their footing a little bit. Yeah, I think it is the just the moment and, and jitters, as you mentioned, you know, just trying to get loosened up. You're in the Super Bowl. Some folks, you know, for the very first time, but even like your your second time there, it's still a big deal. It's, you know, the biggest spectacle in sports, really. So definitely, definitely can be some jitters. Wasn't the case uh, when my coach were there and Devin Hester ran the opening hey! kickoff return back. But uh, <laughs> that could definitely be the case um, from a, a touchdown standpoint. So I actually... I don't mind uh, first touchdowns. I like to take a little shots on those. And I like Kadarius Tony quite a bit if you guys haven't picked that up yet. Uh, he's like plus 1,800 uh, from a first touchdown standpoint. A lot of 
a lot of first drives are scripted, you know, by the actual team. They have uh, plays set in mind that they want to run, and then they stick to those. And Tony really gets involved in the the red zone, be it you know jet sweeps and you know quick you know quick screens, etc. Uh, so I don't mind him as first touchdown at uh at plus eighteen hundred. Uh, obviously, you would hope the Chiefs get the ball first, which is not guaranteed, but that's one I like because. Uh, those first series do tend to be scripted there to to just get everybody in a rhythm. You have I, lo- I love that play, by the way. I, I love the Kadarius Tony call. And, I, and I'll say this, when we did our NFL prop show yesterday, the, the Twitter Spaces one, that was with me, Dave Richard, and uh, Prop Stars, but it, w- it was hosted by Alan Bell. One of Alan Bell's picks was the Eagles, uh, I believe it was over 12 and a half first half points. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, and I agree, Wes, that that usually you see a lot of like conservative play calling the first couple of drives, the, the, the quote unquote feeling out process. But if there were two teams that were <laughs> perhaps the opposite end of that, to the extent like to to an extent that they're almost like cocky with it, it's these two mm-hmm. teams where they're like, yeah, we're not doing that. We're just going to throw the ball down the field and we're going to see what you can do with it. Because I, I think both these teams want to get an early lead, and that's like a really obvious statement. But these teams in particular, I just don't think they're scared of anything. I don't think the Eagles are scared to throw the ball down the field early, which I understand people think they're going to run the ball a lot against the Chiefs. But I actually, and, and partly because Jalen Hurts' uh, shoulder issue, but I think they're going to come out throwing quite a bit and, and just get that defense to back off. And I think Devontae, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, whoever catches these passes, I think they're headed downfield. I think we could see some scoring early. I think that they will. Op- I, I, I say they'll open it up a little bit there at the beginning of the game. That's where I've been flip-flopping a little bit because I keep seeing all these Super Bowl scores and I keep hearing all the slow start things and everything. I'm going, yeah. But if, if Jalen Hurts has an arm issue, which we all believe he does at this point after watching him throughout the playoffs and since he's come back, he can throw the ball to start the game. But as the game goes on, if I know my shoulder well enough <laughs> where I know I got about five good softball throws in me and then all of a sudden as the game goes on, I don't have any more good softball throws in me. If Jalen Hurts is anywhere near that comparison of me, which I know he's not, but he, he could start off the game throwing those balls. And if I remember right, like the, even the Devontae Smith passes and everything are early in the game uh, as they open it up and they kind of cross the field and everything. Those ga- th- those are early. And then as the game wanes on, he t- has a tendency to just not be as accurate anymore and he can't throw the ball as well. So I like what mm. you guys are saying with that maybe tradition will be thrown to the wayside this this week in Super Bowl Sunday with these two great offenses and these two fabulous football teams second to none though to Sia Najat who we've had on this podcast on the Baby Bowl podcast Sia it has been my pleasure it has been an honor I have listened to you all summer long and, and even before that last year with Frank Sample and everything so you've done a wonderful job so it's really cool to be able to touch base with you and we do appreciate your time on the Baby Bowl podcast here for Super Bowl Sunday. Well, Wes, first of all, appreciate you, you and Pierre having me on, and Rob uh, having me on this show. Uh, and I also appreciate you listening to especially that offseason series on FFT DFS because that stuff's really important. I mean, I you know, what's really interesting about this whole world we're in, especially like the DFS and the fantasy world, even the betting world, you know, people just want the picks. And I totally get that. We're, we're, we're in the Instagram world, right? We, we're TikTok. We're scrolling. 20 seconds later, you do not have our attention. But the theory behind the picks is really what you need, I think, to know whether, like, when the season starts, whether the picks you're hearing about are actually good or not. Because if you have that foundation, you can discard certain information and ingest the information that you think is appropriate. So the fact that you listen to that offseason series actually kind of warms my heart because I don't know how many people do, frankly. I think a lot of people just want to wait till the season starts. But that's kind of an aside. Uh, Wes, Pierre, I really appreciate you all having me on the show, and I'm happy to come back anytime. 
All right. Sounds good. Pierre, we're going to have to clean this house up before Rob gets home. I, I don't know about you, but we this place is a mess, man. It is. It is. But I mean, he's he's enjoying the wife, so I'm sure he's picked <laughs> up after his newborn and stuff. So he should be used to it. But good. Just conversing, chatting with you, gents. See you. Really nice to just discuss football with you. Enjoy your work. Keep up the good work to you. And unless you know where to find me, we'll we'll be in touch here, I'm sure, throughout the, the rest of the offseason and into the season of different sports here. We sure will. And thank you so much, Fit Fan, for being with us throughout the entire football season. We look forward to bringing you some offseason content as well. Maybe that's basketball. Maybe that's baseball. Maybe that's more football. But whatever we do, we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.